you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Foss here from thechrisvossshow.com. That's it. The opera singer. She's the new intro. She's the new intro we just introduced this week, who is uh, introducing that uh, singing line because uh, we got too many complaints over 13 years. People were like, who sings that horrible line? And they're like, uh, the host is an idiot, but he's funny the rest of the time. No, I never said that. Actually, people liked it. Every time I stopped doing it, I get emails. You're going to keep doing that thing? You're going to keep doing the thing. Uh, so there you go. You'll be able to run up to me in public and scream, The Christmas Show! But you have to sing in an opera, operatic voice there, or whatever the hell that is. So anyway, guys, so welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys. We're coming to you from the Chris Voss Studios in the Chris Voss Landia. If you don't know where that is, I was born in Burbank and lived in North Hollywood as a, as a thing. And I think Northlandia... Or Chris Vosslandia is somewhere close to Burbank. I don't know. It just sounds like it should be, doesn't it? I don't know. I'm just making up stuff as I go along because that's the ramble. That's what we do in the ramble every time. It's different. So if you go back and listen to each one, it's never the same except for the singing part. That's always the same. And then some idiot who always says he's Chris Voss, but I don't know. It depends on which personality shows up today. Uh, we have an amazing uh, young lady on the show. We're going to be talking to her about uh, how she's going to improve the quality of your life give you uh, her knowledge and what she has accumulated and how she can make your life better because we've seen your life and, you know, you need some improvement. Don't we all, though? I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm 55 and I'm still finding new ways to improve. That's the whole reason I do this podcast is to get a front row seat to the brilliant minds and I get to improve. And sometimes I come off this show and I learn so much. And I'm like, I hope my audience learned a lot, but I learned so much that I just really don't care if and if anybody doesn't learn anything. I learned a ton. So if you're not learning a ton from the show, you may want to, I don't know, seek professional help with that, or you go back and listen to every damn show. There's two to three shows, three to four shows now a weekday. There's uh, 20 shows pretty much uh, coming out every week. If you're not listening to everyone, remember there is a test on Saturday. And if you don't pass it, I don't know what we do. We, we punish you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so uh, refer the show to family, friends, and relatives. Help us pay for the opera singer that costs half the budget this year, uh, $5 <laughs> um, on Fiverr. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and uh, Chris Foss one on the tickety talkity over there where the kids are playing. Uh, Jennifer Chapman joins us on the show today. She's a certified life coach and speaker, and she talks about interesting things. One of her bylines is, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. Okay, I got it. Uh, and uh, that's kind of what I was leading to in earlier. You know, you if you if you're not getting it, you should probably just keep trying until you get it. Uh, Jennifer Chapman is an indie native and Ball State graduate. 
Uh, she spent her first 16 years as a sales professional in a variety of roles with several organizations where she thrived. After life had different plans for her in 2017, she had to learn how to accept and embrace this new version of herself. She felt the call to create Just Commit Coaching in 2021 after the Power Life Coaching had on her life after suffering a, suffering a major health scare. Uh, Jennifer's passion lies in supporting an individual's whole self on all levels so they can excel in every area of their life. She's completed a year-long certification through Institute of Coaching Mastery, and she is passionate about helping others through one-on-one -on -one and group coaching, as well as speaking her message on embracing your inner warrior overcoming a victim mentality we're going warrior folks today uh so put on your gear grab your spear and off we're gonna go welcome to the show jennifer how are you that was a hell of an introduction chris i'm doing great thanks how are there you there you go there yeah. you go that's why uh i have a podcast i don't know it was good <laughs> thank was you very great. much i certainly appreciate it <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's why we aim to entertain with our spiritages in the warrior dome here uh that you have entered you've entered the warrior dome and since you are here to instruct us on the ways of the warrior we're glad to have you uh give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs yeah, find me at justcommitcoaching.com, please. And thank you. <laughs> I've got the whole warrior theme going on now. I'm thinking like Thunderdome with that Mad Max sort of thing. And and uh, what's her face who shows up and she screams, Thunderdome! Uh, the great singer who recently passed away. Uh, so thank you for coming on the show. Uh, give us like a 30,000 overview of what you do for yourself and clients. Yeah, 30,000 view is I help men and women that are struggling in life. They feel like they're just surviving and I help them go to thriving by mm -hmm. embracing their, their inner warrior, by helping support them on a mental, emotional, and physical level. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what got you down this road? Uh, tell us a little bit about your origin story. We, we alluded to some crises you had in life and, and uh, tell us about your journey. Yeah, thank you. I think it's uh, it's my superpower, honestly. And, you know, it's taken me a lot of not only time, but work on myself to be able to say that with with confidence is that, you know, I lost my mom at a young age. And at age 11, it was mm. kind of finding a way to already accept a new normal that was, it's unheard of. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you know, so that was, that was kind of the start of my story. And then it really came full circle when I suffered a life changing stroke at age 34, which was the oh, same wow. age she was when she passed. And I was in corporate sales at the time. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And she was 34. She was 34. And I didn't know that, right? Like I, I mm -hmm. didn't process how old she was. I knew I was really young when it happened. And so when I turned 34, it was quite the epiphany that I had while I was coming off the best year of my sales career. You know, there was a part of me that was on a high and then had this moment two days later when I turned 34, like, oh my goodness, right? I still mm -hmm. feel so young. And and then nine months later, then to suffer a stroke, I didn't process even that I was the same age, really probably until about a year later, it, it kind of came to. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So did, did is it attributable to anything in your DNA or your you know, genetics from your, your family having uh, young age strokes? No. Wow. No. So it, that, that was a process in and of itself was to figure out because I consider myself a pretty healthy person, took yeah. care of myself, worked out all the time. 
my mom did not pass from a stroke. So there was no family history of stroke. So to figure that out um, and the why behind it took about 18 months for them to determine the cause of it. So that next 18 months after it wasn't, it took about four or five months to physically recover. I was going through rehab and therapy. Mm -hmm. It was much harder to overcome and work through the mental and emotional aspects of recovery. I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. And so does that create a cathartic time for you? I would imagine, uh, and, and cause you to reanalyze your whole life. That's put you down this path. Well said. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what it was like. It was because I think, you know, I went back to corporate sales a few months later thinking I was, I was good to go. I was ready. I was healed. I thought I could do it. I wanted to go back to normal. What, you know, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. That was um, that next, like I said, about a year that I still stayed with that company and was still trying to sell at a high level every day and wondering why I'm crying in my car every day. Oh, wow. Had no wow. idea. You know, I didn't know at the time that I was living with so much fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I had never experienced that feeling before, you know, and the fact that it was like, it felt so out of my control. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you're, you're so young at that time. And so people don't really think about that, you know. They didn't um, even know that in the hospital. They didn't know that. Oh, I they didn't know that you'd had a stroke. No, the first neurologist misdiagnosed me with vertigo. Holy crap! Yeah. Wow. And probably because you know, technically, I mean, she shouldn't misdiagnose, but, but uh, you know, the the it's it's so um, weird for um, you know having that so much in your youth. So, how do you uh, how do you navigate the pathway beyond that, where you're 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 crying in your car, you're you're struggling to deal with your situation? Uh, what where do we go from there? Yeah, you know, I I always say like everybody needs somebody. You know, and so even though I had, um, I have amazing family and friends and, and husband, they could, they could only get me to a certain point. They didn't know what to do with me every time they called me and I was crying. It's like, what do, what do you continue to say? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was open enough at the time to try therapy first and mm-hmm. that got me a little bit further, but I was still emotionally drained walking out of those sessions. And I'm like, I no longer want to feel this way. I'm, yeah. I am so tired. I am. It's not even the word tired. It, it was so fatiguing and draining. Mm-hmm. And I was still, my brain was still healing. So understanding that. And then it was, it was through a friend's recommendation that I try a life coach. And this was in 2018. Really? Yeah. Really? And I was like, I don't know what that is, <laughs> but I'm open to it. I, what, tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, sometimes you have to reach that point where you're just sick of it and you're just yeah. like, I'm going to try something different. And sometimes, you know, identifying that sooner than later is the most important part and but sometimes you have to do kind of go through a journey yes. a bit and there's you know there's a stages of grief and Ugh. loss and and uh you know sometimes you have to process that uh but but there is a point that you reach where you just go i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take it anymore mm. i'm sick of this and i'm going to do something right yeah so what happens when you discover the life coaching that was a couple of powerful moments with her in the first couple of sessions. One was already reframing my mind. And and not that I was sitting there saying, why me? Mm-hmm. She asked me that if I had done that. Right. And I'm surrounded by people that are saying those words, like why Jennifer, right? Mm-hmm. How, how did this happen? How, why? Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me straight, just as a matter of fact, and said, you need to ask yourself, why not me? Mm. And I was like, 
that land's different. All right, let me let me process that. It wasn't you know I, you have yeah. to be in a space to really hear that and process it. And I mean, it, several months later, you know, probably longer than that, that I really understand. Yeah, this happened for me. This happened for a reason. What is that reason? Everything mm -hmm. does. And and some people, you may not want to hear that because if you're in a hard situation, you're you're not ready to hear that. I fully understand that. Right? No one could have told me as a teenager, well, your mom passed for a reason. Like, no, stop. Shh. And it has taken me several, several years to really know, honestly, probably Chris, in the last two, three years, have I really been able to embrace these reasons that were given to me with losing my mom and having a stroke, you know, and using those to, as, as my superpower to now be able to help others that are where I've been. There you go. Do you, do you feel like you had, had had closure with your mom's passing or did this having the stroke and, and going through this, uh, reperspectivization, is that a word, uh, changing your perspective, your framing, as you put it, um, did that make you identify that maybe you hadn't fully processed that or closed, gotten closure with your mother's passing? You nailed it. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know I didn't until this. Yeah. Probably because it happened when you're so young. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I didn't know that I, I was grieving an old version of myself as well. Like I was grieving ah, my mom that was happening. Grieving an old version of yourself. I was let, I had to let, yeah. let her go. That's very insightful. That's very insightful. Uh, when I, when I, my dog passed, uh, she passed in the middle of the night one night mm. and, and from a seizure and it was over in a half an hour. And you know, I always thought, you know, Oh, you get time. They tell you three days, but it was, it was over and gone. Um, and uh, so it was a it was an enormous shock. And when I wrote about it on Facebook and kind of poured out my soul and and what I felt and, and the loss and the pain and and it was a lot of vodka too. Sure. Um, I had people write me and they said, you know, you burying your soul and just bleeding all that out on a Facebook and a post made me realize that I hadn't processed my parents' death. I hadn't processed my other dog's death or animal's death or someone I loved's death. Um, and I was kind of surprised by it. It made me go, I don't know, I, I, wait, you know, how did you not process your parents' death? But it happens to people. Um, and, you know, kind of what you'd explain really nails it right on the head, you know? Um, you. Maybe at 11, you're not, you're not fully equipped to, with all the tools you need to process a death, you know? Um, and, uh, and then grieving our old selves. I mean, that's, that's a really great concept to, to kind of think about because we go through cathartic times and we, you know, sometimes we lose everything. There's people lost everything in 2008. Uh, and there's people that, you know, maybe they go through a divorce. I, I know divorces, any sort of these identity experiences where we have something that's an identity and we see ourselves as that. And then that gets taken away from us. And then we have to realize that we weren't ever maybe that or we're not mm -hmm. that anymore. And we have to realize who we are now. And sometimes that may be really the truth of who we've always been. We weren't really that. It was really who we become. Is that true? Or what do you think about what I just said? I that that lands for me. I wholeheartedly mm -hmm. believe that. Yeah. I, I think I think people have to be open and willing and believe that that's possible, though. Mm -hmm. And I I see so many, which is kind of where my 
when I speak about victim mentality versus warrior mentality comes from, honestly, is mm-hmm. like, you know, when I, when I start a, 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 when I, a speaking engagement, I start with, you've survived every single day of your life until this very moment, mm. right? Like you've survived, congratulations. Like you've made it. That's true. However, have you let something in your life hold you back or control you or have some power over you where you've maybe not even been aware that you've played the victim role? Mm-hmm. I remember I did a post on Facebook when I turned 50 and it was like a post me. It was like a victim sort of post. I'm like, oh God, I've hit 50. I remember what the old man was doing at 50. And fortunately, I have better health and a lot better health than he does at 50. Um, which is interesting because I lived a much uh, sinful life than mm. he did. But uh, uh, he never drank or did any things that I did. Uh, but he didn't have as much fun either. So maybe that was it. But, uh, I wrote a post about it and somebody hit me in the comments, like a punch in the gut. And they said, you know, Chris, there's a lot of people who aren't here right now that would love to be 50 Mm -hmm. and never made it. And maybe you should think about that. Mm -hmm. And it just, it struck me. It still strikes me this day. And it's like waking up every day is, uh, you're winning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people don't get to do it, and you should probably have some gratitude for it. So I love how you start out your speaking engagements with that. Yeah, I think it hits, it lands for people, right? It's mm-hmm. it, it it hopefully. I mean, my goal and mission is to hopefully shift a change in perspective for people. There you go, and that's really what people really need. Um, one of the issues that you have when you have a soul identity that's not really yourself or centered in yourself is you're you it's it's more external because it's controlled by other things like i've had mm-hmm. business partners that and best friends that i i loved wholeheartedly i would have done anything for and then you get betrayed or you lose that partner and uh, sometimes this happens divorces uh, and, and other issues um and you realize that that was an external thing it really wasn't you you know i've talked often on the chris voss show and it's it's in my book too about how, um, uh, you know, you go through that Jackie Martling, uh, Howard Stern loss, uh, when Jackie Martling left Howard Stern and Howard Stern was lost. He's like, oh my God, I've lost my mojo. I've lost my partner. I'm no longer cool. I'm no longer funny. I can't do this job anymore. I should just quit and go home, imposter syndrome sort of thing. And then he figures out that it's always been him. (laughs) He really didn't need Mm. Jackie Martlingly. He's always been the guy and he can still do it. And, and he goes on to do it. And, you know, I went through that process and I think a lot of people do, they realize that the power is within them and that they are the core. And that really helps has helped me survive all sorts of ups and downs. Like when COVID came along, I'm like, okay, well, 2008 again, here we go. We know what to do now, um, put in the work and go. And so someone like you who's who's stood at life's door, uh, death's door with the uh, with your stroke, you know, you have that perspective of coming back and saying, hey, uh, let's reframe, let's get perspective. But sometimes when you're stuck in that identity, what I started with uh, down this uh, road, um, you can't see the other identities, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Of, of maybe what you could become or what you can be. And so you've got to make that shift somehow and find who is that, who is that other identity or the, your true identity maybe. Yeah. I mean, you, 
you just hope somebody's rock bottom isn't, you know, everybody I think hits that rock mm -hmm. bottom and you hope that it's not so hard when you hit that you can't um, tap into that resilient piece of yeah. you, right? And, and bounce back. I and I think, I think uh, we have the tools, but we need, sometimes we need some people like you or your life coach to show us that there's, there's other ways we can listen to podcasts like this. So you can learn, Hey, you know what, if I do hit rock bottom, there are options mm -hmm. and there's other identities. And sometimes you're hitting rock bottom because you've held on to something for far too long when you should have let it go. And maybe we should put that on a coffee cup or like a t-shirt. Uh, and that's usually what it is. You've held on to it and you won't mm -hmm. give it up. And you've done that Faustian bargaining where you're like, well, as long as I don't lose this, I'll be, I'll still be me, my identity. As long as I don't lose that, I'll still be my identity. And, you know, sometimes when you're going through crisis or failures or cathartic moments, yeah, everything's going to get taken from you because that identity is, is, uh, that identity is being dissolved. Basically. I just, I just gave myself my own uh, epiphany. Um, <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. 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 I'm really <laughs> on it today. Um, but uh, I've been through this a few times, uh, but really you're dissolving your identity and, and you, you, you've got to embrace it. And, and sometimes you're going to just have to hit rock bottom where you've lost all, you've dissolved all of your identity and you're like, well, it's just my naked self here. Mm -hmm. Um, and with no identity and who am I, what do I do? And mm -hmm. well, let's rebuild. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's like, almost like, uh, you know, coming down the birth canal again, you're welcome to your new life. You're, you're flat ass naked in the fetal position and, and it's time to do what you say, embrace your new inner warrior, get out of the victim mentality mm -hmm. and go, who am I now? And what are we doing? Let's go. Well said. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. you, you're the one who said it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. So That's don't right. stay not okay. Get out of the fetal position and rock and roll. So how do people overcome victim mentality? I mentioned the first step is identifying you have it. That's correct. The first step, first and foremost, and always and forever is self-awareness. Yeah, there you go. And a lot of people struggle with that. Why is that that people struggle with being self-aware? Some people aren't ready, don't want to be, are scared to know what's on the other side of that self-awareness, think that they're safer, I think, and more comfortable where they are when really it's like that's that's where you're staying stuck and that's where you will never know what true freedom for yourself feels like it's because you're scared to step out of that comfort zone, right? Like people are fear, fear eats people, eats people up. It does because you don't know what that other identity is and you don't really want to change. You're like, this is really comfortable where I am right now. It's like a warm, cozy blanket. And you're like, Oh, I, I like this. I'm very comfortable here and I don't want to change. And, and, you know, like I said, sometimes you're dissolving your identity. Your life is dissolving your identity and kicking your butt because it's like you're going to change whether you like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, a, a powerful question when when someone gives me that answer is like, how is how, is that working for you? Really, mm -hmm. deep down, mm -hmm. think about it. Is it really? Yeah, it's clearly worked for you up to a certain point, or you wouldn't still be doing it. But now, are you ready to upgrade and up level who you want to be in this next season of your life? There you go. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, live, we live in a world that has a lot of victim mentality going on. I've talked mm -hmm. about this on the show a lot because I, everywhere I see victim mentality and 
and pretty much a victim competition society where you see people always trying to go, no, I'm a bigger victim than you. No, I'm a bigger victim than you. No, I've got this going on. I'm a bigger victim than you. It's almost become like a norm. Like if you read headlines and stuff, especially with celebrity stuff, mm. it's always victim, which is really interesting because you're like, I'm a celebrity and everybody knows me and I have millions of dollars and five uh, assistants to my thing, but Oh, I'm a victim of hangnail. I have a hangnail. Oh, what was me? You know, and you're like, seriously? I mean, you you couldn't live any more of a blessed life. Uh, I'll trade you any day for your hangnail. Um, yeah. And and you see that a lot in media, and I think it's kind of created a culture in our world where people think it's it's the new game. It's like the new. It's like let's let's use that as my identity. The victim mentality identity so how do people go from victim mentality with working with you to embracing a warrior and why do you use the word warrior you know that's a that's a great question i i, I created it and came up with it as i was creating my business and i thought you know i would have conversations with people like yourself all over the world as i'm as i'm putting my my name and my brand and my services out there and i'd have conversations with people People don't know what they don't know, and mm -hmm. they would unintentionally call me a stroke victim. Oh, really? Yeah, just not you know versus stroke survivor. Oh, okay. I see the difference in the in the in what in the language and oh, perception. It's, it's huge for me mm -hmm. personally. Like it, it's at least a stroke survivor for me, if not a stroke thriver or stroke warrior. I mean, what go. what I've been through, you know, it's it was no small feat, and I literally thought, well, I would only be a victim if it took my life. Yeah, yeah. No. Great comment here from Marcello on uh, LinkedIn. Bingo. Mm. Fear can be very comfortable. Mm. Yeah, that blanket. Um, but the only way you're going to overcome fear is to overcome fear. <laughs> yeah. Get out of it. It's uh, building a new relationship with it. Yeah, and maybe a new relationship with yourself. Would you think that's true? Totally. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the best relationship you can ever have. It's the relationship you're going to have forever. That's guaranteed, mm -hmm. right? No other relationship's guaranteed. Aside I've tried to break up with myself several times, but yeah. uh, uh, he keeps stalking <laughs> it me. shows back up, huh? So, uh, yeah, he sh every morning he's there in my bed, and I'm just like, dude, you again? I thought I got rid of you. But no, there's times where I've gotten rid of my identities and myself, and, and sometimes I look at old videos of me or you know some of the ways I used to be, and I go, man. What an idiot that guy was. Um, and I'll probably do that five years from now. I'll be listening to this podcast and go, that guy was an idiot. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the fact that you can, keep, that, you know, it's identification that you keep growing, you keep improving. I mean, um, yeah. you, you want to always keep improving yourself. Because when you identify and what we're talking about with the, what you don't know, what you don't know, is there's, there's three major things in life. There's, there's what you know. There's things that you know. There's things that you know you don't know. Like I know I don't know physics and algebra yeah. and calculus, and I don't want to know. Right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I tried that in junior high. Same, yeah. Bless the people that do. Yeah. I'll leave that to the scientists. God bless them. Um, and people that, you know, they, they know that stuff. Uh, but that's not my lane, clearly. Uh, but uh, then there's the things that you don't know you don't know. And those are the, usually the things that can come out of left field and hit you in the head because you weren't paying attention 
or you weren't seeking, you know, to expand your mind. And that's where a lot of people, especially in the Dunning-Kruger crowd, (laughs) the people that have blind spots, but they're really calm. They're really dumb, but they're really confident about how dumb they are. Um, You see that in politics a lot uh, or just social media online. Uh, People that just don't do any sort of self-awareness or self-exploration. So how do you get to the point of improving your mindset? And, and I guess what you say, controlling what you can control. Is there decisions we have to make about what we can do and what we can't? It's such a great exercise to share with people is literally creating, you know, on a piece of paper, drawing a circle and writing mm-hmm. what, what's in your control in this circle and acknowledging literally every single thing that's outside of your control and then being able to identify, okay, that's out of my control, but I'm, I've allowed it to control me for so mm-hmm. long and I can feel that. And then it's being able to acknowledge it. We're, your body's always keeping tabs. It knows everything. It's kept tabs mm-hmm. of every single thing you've been through in your entire life. So really even being able to, to pay attention to like, where does it have control over me and my body? Where do I feel that? Because mm-hmm. all it wants is space to be felt and seen and heard. Once you give it that space, that, that sensation will dissipate. Until, uh-huh. the, until then, there's that, it's the resistance is what's really hard to, mm-hmm. to what you're wanting, you know, to what somebody wants. And you've got to overcome that resistance uh, because, I mean, resisting it isn't going to help you get closer to what you want. Um, one of the other things you talk about is mastering your past. What, what mm. does it mean specifically? Chris, it's probably the most powerful question you, you can ask today. Oh, really? um, everybody's got one, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say if you're age 20 and you haven't had a, some type of trauma in your life, mm-hmm. you're, you're pretty lucky let alone being 30 or 40 years old. Some people maybe don't even realize as adults that they experienced, whether it's big T or little t trauma, there's such a spectrum of what trauma can look like for someone, right? Mine was was pretty big with with the loss that I had, but trauma could be, you know, you were bullied in school, right? Or you were one of five kids and you weren't treated the same as your brothers and sisters, or maybe you had, your mom taught you, you had to be perfect Mm -hmm. as a kid. And that, you know, that's a that's that's trauma. That's still playing out in your life and has so much control over you. Um, so it's really being able to identify something in your past because all of your patterns and behaviors that you're playing out as an adult, you learned by the time you were seven or eight or, or nine years old. Yeah, it's interesting. We've had so much discussion about this over the years in the show, and so many great guests have talked about trauma, and and it it's just become so apparent to me. Uh, not only from my own experience, but how how it shapes it, your whole life. I mean, I make the con- I always make it. I always make the analogy that you drag it through life um, because it is a weight on you. That that and and it, and and the reason I use the word drag is because sometimes you don't get to forty or fifty, mm-hmm. and you look back on your life path, and you're like, "What's well, been dragging in the sand?" That's my ass. Uh, and whatever that trauma is, I've been taking for uh, dragging around for all these years. Uh, and it's weighed down on you. And so, um, and and then you have to recognize it. But, you know, sadly, some people don't recognize it until you see that pattern where you're like, why did I keep having the same kind of crap or relationships or whatever? And uh, so much of it comes from childhood. It's just kind so of extraordinary. Much. So much of it. Right. And we almost... And- we almost need to quit teaching algebra in junior high and teach trauma therapy. 
that's not a joke. I, I, <laughs> I would support that. Um, especially now, right? We don't yeah. know what it would have been like to be in middle school and go through COVID. Oh yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. So then you've got, you know, I don't, we don't have kids, but to have, you know, women my age have kids going through middle school and high school and having to navigate that is a mm -hmm. whole nother layer than when we went through school on top of any of the, the trauma that we potentially face, which are still, you know, maybe the abuse or divorce. Mm -hmm. Divorce is huge or, or loss. I mean, there's yeah. so much there that it's like, if you're a parent and you haven't dealt with your own stuff, mm -hmm. whether you know it, like it or not, you've potentially passed something on to your kid. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, people are traumatized, can traumatize other people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, there's there's people who have been molested as children and molested other right. children. Uh, and, and there's, there's a thing that goes with that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of extraordinary. So the most important thing that we can do as individuals is not be, continue to be victims, but to try and reconcile the damage that we have and try and get through that. And I think that's what a lot of you're communicating and, and, and trying to get clients to realize. Yes. And I, thank you for saying that. And I would just add to that what I know to be true. There's a lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we're judging somebody for something that we see that we're questioning, that is automatically a reflection back to you that you are judging a part of yourself that you're just not ready to face. So it's a lot easier to go external and point the finger at somebody else. Mm -hmm. uh, you talk about building resilience within. So once we master our past mm -hmm. and work on healing our younger self, how do we build resilience within so that we can get get to the next level and, and become maybe our true identity or true self? I think a, probably a scary answer for a lot of people to hear and what I know to be true is the power of stillness hmm. and really being able to work on building the strongest, best relationship we can with what's going on upstairs. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of, you know, what we said about earlier, the control piece, it's like, we have the power over our minds, but a lot of times we're letting our minds have power over us because it is, it is your biggest protector. So it's mm. always going to be the first one to tell you, don't do it. You can't do it. You're not good enough. When really it's being able to navigate that relationship and inner dialogue with your own mind. I can do that. Thanks for showing up. I see you telling me that, but I'm going to continue to move in this direction now because I can do that. I am enough, right? I am safe. I am loved. It's, it's, those basic, you know, that basic inner dialogue that you begin your day with and end your day with. So, how, so what does that self-talk look like? Again, it's relationship with self. It's building a better relationship with self. Yeah. I mean, the one person that you need to have love you the most is yourself. No doubt. Because if you don't, you treat yourself pretty awful. Uh, and if you're looking for love externally, well, good luck if you don't love yourself. Because right. you've got to have something to give to other people uh to have reciprocated to you and so you, you've got to do the work and and love yourself i mean if if you I, I i suppose i had some issues with that you know i used to abuse alcohol um i was an addict but i was a you know i overdrank and and uh at first it was like fuel yeah. and i'm like hey i own three companies i want to work harder late at night and i've got you know all this paperwork i need to do and all this innovation i'm working on let's you know throw back a few and it's you know instant sugar fuel um, and I would relax so I wouldn't be stressed. And so I could get more work out of me. 
and then it just became abusive where you know it's just like you know these hangovers aren't worth it right uh there's uh and if you don't love yourself you know you eat badly you don't take care of your health you don't take care of your lifestyle you don't care of your mind it just it just spirals and then you can't be productive in ways that that are healthy for you and in a move in a positive way and so learning to love yourself and go hey i really like this person i'm going to feed them good healthy foods i'm going to treat them well i'm going to make sure they get their eight hours of seven eight hours of sleep a day <laughs> that's one yeah. of my things hey, it's like i like me uh but uh, we need to get eight hours of sleep or else i don't like me very much and it's not very cool um, I, you know, I eat better now. I don't drink anymore. Uh, you know, I didn't have to quit. And one day I just went, oh, I'm tired of hangovers. You know, at 50, your body's like, we're not doing this with you anymore. And That's if you want to do it, if you want to do it, uh, you know, your little hour fun on Fridays there with the, with throwing back the booze. Yeah. Uh, you're going to enjoy three days of dehydration, bloating mm -hmm. and water. And by, by being more in love with my body and eating better, and not eating crap food anymore, you know, I started getting in tune with what my body was feeling. And so there's a whole redevelopment stage, I guess, is what we're talking about that you have to go through and rebuilding that new identity. Well said. And I, I acknowledge you for the work that you've done on yourself. And, mm -hmm. and it kind of goes back to like listening to your body because mm -hmm. your body's going to tell you what it doesn't like. We're just mm -hmm. hardwired and trained to like resist it, push that, down you know mm -hmm. and power through so it's like alcohol doesn't no judgment for anyone that that is is drinking out there i hell i used to sell booze i get it um in my former former life and also paying attention to like yeah maybe really fun in the moment my body never liked it the next day it yeah. would always trigger a headache it's always telling me like probably shouldn't do that but it was always fun right i would power through i'll get rid of the headache <laughs> or you know if i eat something that's not good for me, but it tasted so good. It's like, I'll deal with whatever it, it, it tastes so good. So I'm going to eat it anyways. It, it, I think it's an emotional relationship with everything, right? It's not what yeah. we're eating or drinking or when it's why we're doing it. Yeah. And it's really taking, it's the power of pause before we do it. Why am I doing this? Would my future self thank me for doing this right now? There you go. Would my future self thank me for doing this? Another thing we can put on a cup or a, or a shirt. So I love that idea. There you go. I, we've got a whole mess of shirt. We got a whole um, <laughs> we got a whole merch section going here on yeah. the Chris Law Show. Um, so talk to us about what you do. I'm looking over your website, and I know you have several coaching programs. You do some speaking. You've got some resources here. Tell us how that plays out and and what you do with your work. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, over this last year, as everybody's starting to do more in person events and conferences and team engagements and things like that, speaking for me is has been a really great outlet for me to share that story of victim and versus warrior mentality. Cause it's, it relates on so many levels to so many people. And so my hope is to continue to, to, um, as you know, speak as a way to, you know, generate leads for, for, to be able to work with different groups of people and, and, you know, be a big, uh, yeah, a big lead generator for me, honestly. Yeah, it's a great way to get the word out there and get people going on. I noticed on your website you have something called the, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right, the Enneagram? Yeah, the test? Enneagram. What is that? It's a fantastic self-awareness tool. Mm. So it's a series of questions. Everyone has a number, one through nine. 
and everybody mm. has a little bit of each number within them, but one's like your, your main go-to and it certainly tells you your greatest strength, mm-hmm. which is also your greatest weakness. Ah. Honestly. So it's just, again, it raises and, and you can, the more work that you do for yourself, whatever that looks like, whether you work with a coach or, you know, whatever self-care looks like, you know, as you focus on yourself from a physical level, mental, emotional, spiritual level, all the levels, mm-hmm. aspects of your life, you can see levels of growth within that number, um, oh. like a healthier version of, of who you are. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really powerful. Uh, a lot of people have aha moments and or yeah. more just kind of affirmation like, yeah, this is, this is part of who I am. Let me tap into what, you know, what are the great things about me and noticing like more importantly, probably working on the things that are, you know, not, I don't know, love the word weaknesses, but we all have them. Um, mm-hmm. And focusing on those, you can kind of find a better balance. That's true. If you don't know what your weaknesses are, you don't identify them or address them. Or if you're in, you're, if you're in denial about them, yeah. uh, you're not going to be able <laughs> to deal with them. So there you go. Um no, I noticed you do coaching for several different groups of people. Tell us about how that works. <clears throat> yeah, what I'm really leaning in towards now is working with uh, people first, people forward type teams, leaders in their teams, where that's a huge struggle right now is is employee engagement and retainment. So mm-hmm. how can I help by bringing workshops to teams once a month that really see value on working on the mental and emotional wellness aspect of, of human beings? Because I tell people, you can't show up as one version of yourself over here and a different version over here. You might think that you can, but that, that blends, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. So leaders that are willing to pour into their people, that's going to make them better as a whole person. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm leaning very much towards those workshops for teams right now, virtually and in person. There you go. And so how can people onboard with you or reach out to you to find if uh, the two of you guys working together are a good fit? Yeah, I would love that. I'm So I'm on LinkedIn every day. It's been a great mm-hmm. way for me to connect with leaders because at the end of the day, you know, I tell people, Chris, when I walk into a room, I don't care if I'm talking to people in healthcare, the HVAC industry, insurance, whomever it is, like I'm talking to you all as human beings first mm-hmm. period do not care about your title or, or role I, not that i don't care it's it's not important here yeah i want you to you know how can we how can you best show up the way you want to be showing up um uh, so linkedin's been a great way just commit coaching is my website and i offer complimentary a complimentary just connection call Let, let's get to know mm-hmm. one another and see if i am i am i the person to potentially help you get to the next level here you go. LinkedIn is such a great place to be. It's such a our, great place. Yeah. Our newsletter over there just grows crazy. It's just like every day I go in, I'm like, Jesus, where did all these people come from? I didn't know there was this many people on LinkedIn. And awesome. uh, and so it's a great read over there. We built a 130,000 group over there as well. Fantastic. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of where all the money is. It's the business side of life. We always used to joke in the early days when Twitter was still around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where Twitter was the bar. Facebook was your home and LinkedIn was your office. And that's Accurate. how you've thought about those three social media things. Accurate. And uh, yeah, only now Twitter's, I think, I don't know if it's a bar anymore. I think it's just a mob. It's a, it's just a drunken mob um, of and an insane asylum. I don't know. I can go down that whole wormhole and probably add some more to it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it'll eventually just be a, a, a visit to the bankruptcy evident the way it's going um so this has been really insightful we had a great discussion jennifer this has been really deep we we went right down the deep rabbit hole the soul uh, rabbit yes. hole and, 
and uh, hopefully you change some people's lives. Um, so, uh, Jennifer, give us your dot coms one more time so people can uh, find you on the interwebs. Yeah, justcommitcoaching.com. You can connect with me easily there and we can set up a call and, uh, and I would love to, to meet your, your audience out there. It'd be awesome. There you go. There Thank you, you go. Uh, so, uh, thanks, Manus, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss. Join that LinkedIn newsletter. We gave the plug for that. And uh, Chris Foss won on Tickety Talkity. Give us the five star reviews over there on the iTunes. We certainly love it. Uh, and as always, you know, we got to pay for the opera singer that we just hired this week on Fiverr. So, she did a great job. I was really, <laughs> really proud of her. But uh, she's awesome. She's like a professional one, eh? She like she like goes to the big operas and stuff, but I guess she does this for I don't know, make some extra drink money or utility money or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. I might ever sing other parts of the show, like I don't know the plugs or I like. I don't it. know. We might we might do a follow up? So I don't know. We'll see what goes on there. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should have a.